Well, hello again from Queensland, Australia. This is Cool Paradiso, and this is episode 17 of Songwriters and Original Songs. Another interesting uh, group of songs we've got. Um, we've also got the second part of um, Songwriters Corner with Gary Kirby, and a special guest the, uh, this week is uh, Porrick O'Connor. Uh, and we've got a few different people this week, and the first one is actually one of those. It's a guy called Andrew Alls. And the minute I heard it, I think in uh, form 2022, and it's called Nose for Trouble. Catch a whiff upon the wind just when I'm hoping that you stay. You've got a taste for the bitter things that make this world turn round. You just snows around for trouble till it's found. There was a time I was so alone and close to my wit's end. Up to my ears in anguish and I guess you found me then. You scooped me up. And took me out with all your good time friends Did you love me or the trouble I was in? You've got a nose for trouble You pick it up a mile away Catch a whip upon the wind Just when I'm hoping that you stay You've got a taste for the bitter things That make this world turn round You just nose around for trouble till it's found Now I was doing better, got my life back on the rails I could see that my stability took the wind right out your sails Your eye wandered and I wondered what it was that I could do Got through my trouble, does that mean that we're through? You've got a nose for trouble, you pick it up a mile away You catch a whiff upon the wind just when I'm hoping that you stay I lack, and I've already hatched a plan to try to win you back. I'll get fired, I'll wreck my car, and run my life aground. Cause I know you'll sniff for trouble till I'm found. You've got a nose for trouble, you pick it up a mile away. You catch a whiff upon the wind just when I'm hoping that you stay. You've got a taste for the bitter things that make the world turn. Trouble till it's found. You just nose around for trouble till it's found. Isn't that a good little song? Very nice in 
really enjoyed that one. Um, next up, we have a really cool song called Pretend, and that's by Beth DeSombra. Um, we have had Beth on before, um, but it's always a pleasure to have her back on again. So here is Pretend. Let's pretend it isn't winter. Capture sunlight under glass. Nurture succulents and seedlings. In the hope that this will pass. While outside the buried branches. Reach indifferent toward the sky. storyteller is Beth. I really enjoy listening to her songs. Well next up we have um, a guy, his name's Gordon, he's from the Netherlands. I just can't believe he just knocks out song after song after song in, you know, like inform me or knock out a hundred songs. He's just unbelievable and they're all interesting songs and this is one and it's called Under the Weather. It's a stormy Monday morning And the trees are bending down And the air is 
full of portents and warnings And there's no one, not a soul around in my mind The lies compete with the truth it's my overactive imagination I see the signs but I'm looking Always looking for proof In my head There's an endless narration The weather mirrors my darkest feelings sudden change and my mind is reeling after the storm the cleanup begins the streets are shining and there's order again and still my mind Looks for solace within Push down the thoughts That it cannot contain The weather mirrors my high expectations Reminds me of my greatest fixation Under the weather again. I'm under the weather, the weather again. You see what I mean? They're all good songs, they really are. Okay, now for the second part of the interview uh, for Songwriters Corner with Gary Kirby. Okay, we've got songs. What about album? Albums. Uh, Which is quite Dark Side of the Moon. Yeah. Uh, I, I got to admit, I, I do play that. I have my daughters into it now. I've given her my, my vinyl, and she plays it, and she's <laughs> into good. that, and she's only 33. Um, I like some of the old Genesis stuff, and, and I like... Um, Genesis? My favorite al- uh, when you say Genesis, are you talking... Gabriel Genesis or later Genesis? Gabriel Genesis. I thought that was the best for me. Me uh, too. Me too. But, I, but I they are. They, I differentiate because they are quite different things, aren't they? They're I think it was more diverse and more um, varied in what the band had to offer. I think once he left, I think their focus was a little more narrow. You hear the first chord or something or the first few lines, and you knew it was Genesis, sort of like yeah. the drums and the vocals. But he was just out on another limb compared to the rest of them. They became more commercial. I mean, they were good songs, but they were more poppy and commercial, weren't they? Whereas yes. you get things like Southern England by the Pound, you know, that album was one of yeah. my favourite albums. And you, and you weren't really going to get a single off that, were you? You know, it was an yeah. album, wasn't it? Yeah. You mentioned earlier the Moody Blues too. I mean, you yes. right at the beginning. So I presume that you're a bit of a fan of the Moody Blues too. I do. Uh, another band that really be on my list too is yes 
because I think the vocals and the arrangement and the instrumentation for that band, I won't say they're underrated, but I don't think people think of them in the same way as they think of other people. I happen to really like them. I've watched them a lot live and they're, they're just phenomenal, right? Yeah, I liked, I did like them in their early days. I thought I thought towards the end they were getting a little bit... Well, I think all music towards the end was getting a bit overproduced and overdone, and I think that's where punk music and that came from because everybody was tired of the slightly over overdone. They did get a bit carried away. But, I mean, Rick Waitman, I mean, goodness me. I mean, yeah. I, mean I, you know, again, I would, I would say brought up, but in my young years listening to Rick Waitman I thought he was fantastic you know I saw yes. him once at a concert and he had more pianos around him than I've ever seen in a, in a <laughs> piano warehouse and he was playing them all at the same time you know I know yeah, pretty amazing genius. Yeah. and Anderson I mean they, they were they were very talented guys very talented guys yeah there was a little bit of excess towards the end <laughs> yes this is true this is true another band that I, I really like and I I don't really hear people talk about them as much as I used to but I still go to them I like Jethro Tull because I thought that he was very innovative very unusual uh, a great flautist I mean seriously the man can do things with a flute that a lot of people in orchestras can't do he's a virtuoso in my opinion on that I really like him well, he, I mean, you're quite right. You know, probably air generation certainly would be different on that. But overall, people don't talk about them. But but he, when you when you think of the great frontman, he was a great frontman, wasn't he? He was different. He was unusual. He did things that other people did. And you're right. The the the, fl the flute playing was just extraordinary. And I was talking to a friend of mine, oh, maybe only two or three years ago, and he took his son to see them only about three or four years ago and they they must have done a tour in in the uk and he took his son and his son was blown away by them which was really interesting to see again like you said before another generation going wow something else but and, he, he was and he's a, a great guitar player too you know mm -hmm. a very yeah. great guitar player he plays a little small martin guitar usually mm -hmm. but he's very very good at that too and great melodies that's like again my my thing is melodies and i always the, anybody that you mention a song jethro toll and you mention it the melody just snaps right into my mind right away you know like locomotion breath or something like that i mean everybody you just think about it right away he's a laird did you know that a laird he's got a scottish title yeah does he really yeah yeah i I can't remember where I found that out many years ago. I thought maybe it was one of those sort of made-up titles you can sort of buy off the internet, you know. But but no, it turns out that he actually has a family history and he is a laird. So there you go. Excellent. So yeah, you never know, do you? So so if you got, I've said this to a few people. If you got that phone call and says you can come, you know, particularly for you, who would you love to play on stage with? <laughs> I did tell you these questions were the worst. I know, I know who really influenced me about having a lot of character on stage and a lot of class. And that was, um, I think it was Tony Bennett and Lady Gaga did a. Mm. Yeah, they did. And, and she was singing with him and he had to do his part of the song. She walked away out of the limelight and stood behind him and let the light shine right on him to sing his part before she came back in again. So I thought that was pretty classy myself. 
she is a class act yeah. I think I'd sing with her. Don't know if I'd keep up. <laughs> I certainly <laughs> no, try. No one said no one said whether you could keep up or not. It's who you, who you want to have a go. Yeah, she is she is a class act. I agree with you. Well, thanks again, Gary. I think we still got some more stuff. We might sneak a bit in another time. So we'll see how we go. So another a new person we haven't had on before, his name's Paul Dreyfus, another former. Um, I really only heard him a little bit in the last year, but I've heard two or three of his songs and really enjoyed them. And I really found this one really interested and thought this was worth a play, and it's called Fine. <laughs> Be fine. 
You see what I mean? It's a very catchy song, isn't it? It's a pretty good one. Thanks, Paul. Well, I don't do this very often, but I actually put a song of mine on here. Um, I just did something different. It was for a bit of fun, um, and uh, it was interesting. I got such good feedback from, from it, and it wasn't easy to do, I have to say. But it's called Pretty Girl, and it was done in the doo-wop style. Um, and uh, as I say, everybody seems to like it, so I thought I might give that one a play. Features. She's the one who makes my heart beat faster. I'm not used to loving you, but I'm trying to see this through so much more that I have got to master. to do what as i say it was quite difficult but fun okay it's time for uh, a special guest this uh, this uh, podcast and today we'll continue in a sort of world multicultural theme last week interviewing uh, an israeli living in bulgaria this time i've got an irishman who normally lives in madrid who's currently in chile so we're certainly getting around the world um his name's porrick o'connor i caught up with uh, porrick through a mutual friend, Anthony Rotano, who actually was a special guest on this show uh, a few months ago. So welcome, Porek. 
Thank you. Happy to be here. So how's Chile? Doing well? It'd be a bit warm for you, yeah. nice and warm. Great. It's lovely here. Just been at the beach today and I've uh, been traveling around. I've seen a lot of it already. The um, Torres de Paine down south was hiking down there and Santiago, Valparaiso and Los Angeles as well. So getting to see quite a lot of country in these Very three nice. weeks. So what's happening musically for you at the moment? So um, I'm at the moment I'm finishing a first album with um, another mutual friend of Anthony Rattuno's called Kester Jones, who's based nice. in Madrid. So the, I did the first album with him, just called City Lights. And I'll, we'll be talking about a couple of the songs from that album. And the next one is going to be called um, Somewhere Between a Bar and the Stars. Like the first one, a lot of the songs were written in Dublin or um, about Dublin and there'll be a, a couple that were written about Madrid as well so um, it's kind of like um, there's a song on it called Shipwrecked in the Milky Way and it's kind of about the idea that we're um, we're based here on um, in, in these cities but when it's nighttime you, you see the stars and you you realize you're floating in space as it were so yep. um, the album has that kind of feel um, between a, a city and, and the stars. I think probably it's interesting the way you just talked about that. Um, it's That's what comes out. And you, you're you're a lyric person, aren't you? I mean, I'm not saying you're a musician, but you like the lyrics, don't you? Which is, yeah, I, I, I guess why I'm attracted to your songs, to be honest with you, because I'm, I'm basically a lyric person. And, you know, you right. can tell, as soon as I talk to people, they, how they describe things, whether they describe them more musically or more lyrically, and you talk yeah. very lyrically, yeah, which yeah. I think is always interesting. And I think, you know, when we get to your first song, I think that's a really good example of that too. You might even start off early and actually play one of your songs, Universe of Sand, which was the first song I heard of yours. And um, tell us a little bit about it. I know it's got an interesting story. So it was one of the, fir the first songs I wrote when I came to Madrid. I didn't have access to a piano over here. So I used to go to a place called Conde Duque, which was a music library. And they had these music rooms where you could sit down and play the piano. I kind of had missed it when I first moved to Madrid. So um, I think at the time I'd seen the movie again with Nail and I, and there's a, a scene in that where um, Richard E. Grant talks about, he, he quotes Shakespeare um, from Hamlet, and it, he, he kind of does one of his monologues, what a piece of work is man. And so mm. that had been on my mind. And also the, the Greek idea from uh, Democritus of the, the atomic theory in, in ancient Greece, that, that idea came that everything's made out of this one kind of hard, indivisible thing. And it still goes on these days with the the search for the fundamental particle and the, the, that everything's kind of made of one wave or particle. So that was the kind of idea. And a piece of sand is quite a small little thing mm. that you can imagine. And at one time they thought there were as many um, grains of sand um, on earth as there were stars in the universe. They now think it's it's one to 10 and there are much more stars. But so that, mm. that originally, was my idea and also you you can turn sand into glass you had Galileo with his with his lenses um, mm. and 
was able to to look at the stars through um, glass the two lenses and a telescope so mm. so that was the, the idea for that one yeah everything's linked isn't it it's amazing yeah okay let's let's play um this is uh Porrick O'Connor with Universe of Sand. Take a grain of sand Pick it up and just hold it in your hand Take a minute to think about a man In a universe made of sand Ask me how I am All my troubles are just like grains of sand I hold on but they're slipping through my hand in my own little world of sand I know when I die I will return to sand And I know when I die I will return to sand What a piece of work is man How he separates himself from the land Building castles made out of sand I know when I die I will return to sand I know when I die I will return to sand With a telescope in hand I look up but it's hard to understand the lyrics I, I say i attracted to me i was very fortunate which people won't get this time but they can if they go online and look i saw the little video that goes with this really nice little video yeah. i love the lyrics i love the concept it's it's what i call a, a relatively simple song but it's very melodic yeah. and pretty uh, it's yeah. got, I, to my ear it had quite a strong beatles feel to it like our, our mutual friend anthony john Lennon influenced me quite a lot and paul mccartney uh, um I like all of the Beatles, but um, but yeah, they definitely have been a big influence on my music. And also, I grew up playing classical music as a kid, and those little melodies. I was always a big fan of melody. So um, yeah, 
And the two things kind of combined with that one. I can see you have Bob Dylan there to your right. He, he was a <laughs> yes. on me. And um, I, I saw him in Kilkenny in uh, Ireland um, many years ago and inspired a, a lot of songs. That, another song we'll talk about later, the Tumbling Monday. Mm. In that week after seeing him, I was kind of coming up with a song a day. And that was one of the ones that... Um, that kind of came to me at that time um but lots of other influence of velvet underground mm. as well um more modern stuff um i love pixies uh, randy newman is another one rufus wainwright tom waits um all kinds of things and classical music as well i think i think you and i could probably i think you and i could put a Spot a playlist together we both like. You haven't, you haven't mentioned yeah. anybody I don't like listening to so far. Uh, interesting, um, you said Randy Newman. Yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah, he's one of these people I probably discovered him years after he became famous. Yeah. I, got, I sort of sort of drifted into him, and the more I listened to him, the more I liked him, which is and he's quite yeah. different to all the others, isn't he? You know, he's yeah, really he's like different. a songwriter, songwriter, yeah, yeah, I think that's what it is, yeah. So how did yeah. you get started? How did you get started songwriting and playing? Did you? Um, so I started off as a kid. I, I always wanted to play piano or play rock and roll. I didn't really understand what it was, but I loved that the sound of, of rock and roll as a kid. So the, my mother has written in, in the, the, the book that they were writing when I was a kid, when I was a baby. My first day of school, I... I asked her to keep me at home and teach me rock and roll instead of um, going to that place. So um, I'd always kind of wanted to play. And then a few years later, I, was, I got lessons at the age of, I think, six or seven um, with a, a woman in our village uh, called Mrs. Brown, who was um, quite an accomplished uh, classical pianist. Um, I found it a little bit boring, some of the classical music. It was only years later that it kind of... I grew to appreciate it. Mm. So sometimes she put on extra lessons for me and I'd be out in front playing football um, with my friends. So it kind of, it didn't, uh, classical music didn't grab me as much until a bit later. But even at that stage, I was trying to kind of come up with things on the piano. Um, and then when I, I gave up playing uh, classical piano, I started just exploring the piano, trying to figure out with arpeggios what the chords were and, and music and, and lyrics started coming out yeah. at that stage as a teenager so um yeah um then just with years and years anytime i went to the guitar or piano I, I tried to write something new maybe you know two or three songs at a time and then with, with all of the the melodies and songs that you have you kind of pick the best ones and um Kind of work on those a bit more so these days i don't um write as much as i did before not like every day but every few days or every week um i try to write something um at the moment i'm in a, a songwriters group where we choose a theme every week and we we try to write something uh each of us in the group that's kind of up to whoever feels up to it that week but um, it's been a good way to kind of, mm. instead of trying to search for something to write about, just to have a, a ready-made theme. And, yeah. Um, 
that we've been doing the last few months. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I mean, I write a lot, but it's always nice to have a prompt of some kind, isn't it? You know, I've, yeah. I find I can, once I've got a prompt, it's almost like I've got to do this now. It sort of focuses yeah. the mind. Um, yeah, and the truth is, good. the truth is, it is a prompt, isn't it? Because you'd find yeah. if you've got half a dozen people doing it, you'll take a completely different view of what that prompt means. And and yeah, you almost exactly. you bend it to your will, don't you, sometimes? <laughs> and, yeah. and you get all sorts of things. But it does sort of focus the mind and keep you writing. And, and that's... yeah. That's why I write like that because I just I find that it keeps me in the habit. I, I always talk to fr fellow musicians and I say, "You all practice your guitars, but you don't practice your songwriting." You know, you think yeah. you've got some innate ability to write, but you, you you'll go and spend five hours noodling on your guitar, but you won't sit down and write your lyrics for now. An and then you say, "I can never think of yeah. anything." And I think you've got to yeah. work at it. Haven't you? You've got to work at it. You know. Definitely. I uh, um, I think I, I mentioned this to Anthony as well. That I I kind of take little pieces of advice from other songwriters. And um, George Harrison and the Beatles was, was for a while at the beginning was a struggling songwriter mm -hmm. in between two giants in, in John and Paul. And he was he was trying to write songs. And John said to him, just, you know, try and finish it when you have the idea. Um, write an extra verse, write a, a bridge when you when that inspiration strikes, because that's sometimes it, it goes away and you don't get to come back to it. And um, for me, that was Bob Dylan's way of writing as well. You had Leonard Cohen is kind of the over years and years, he'll mm -hmm. edit you know, songs, whereas Bob Dylan in three minutes will will come up with a, a melody or a, a, a lyric. And um, I think Bob asked Leonard Cohen how long did it take you to write Hallelujah? And he was like, well, you know, 15 years. And Leonard Cohen, how, how long did it take you to write that song? He was like, three minutes, you know. Yeah, yeah. And they both have their place, don't they? They both have their place. Yeah. But I tend to go more for the speed and finishing. I, I watched that show McCartney 123 with, um, Same, yeah. in the, with uh, I can't remember his name, in the studio. Rick Rubin. Yeah. yeah, Rick Rubin, yeah, the really cool oh. producer. And... He said in there, he said, I don't ever remember sitting down with John Lennon and not finishing a song. Yeah. So basically, they yeah. used to go into the house and they reckon, he reckoned that every time they sat down, they finished it. They didn't go yeah. back. I mean, I think later on in the studio, they spent a bit more time. But overall, he said, I don't ever remember not finishing a song. And that's yeah. extraordinary, really, when you listen to the songs. Yeah. And it's just pure creativity, I think. I think it's just the joy of... Of being playful you know and just uh, that that's creativity just you know being like a kid having fun in the moment mm, yeah. i think that's why they were so good and such different personality types as well that they kind of guided each other's song craft as well i, I feel like paul even though he's obviously has had great tunes after the beatles i felt like he missed a little bit of of George and and John's kind of uh, criticism that they would say, you know, that's not good enough, or mm. or you no, know, I would throw that lyric away. I would keep that. I think he he's a pure melodist, like a natural writer, but I don't think he had the same kind of uh, self criticism that John and and George had. I think they helped him, mm. um, but he, he's done all right for himself. Yeah, he's done pretty well. <laughs> we'll we'll play that. He's done pretty well. So, do, yeah. is there anything more recent or common? You know, that you listen to a bit now. Are people that influence you now. You know, what you hear on the radio yeah, sure. or around the tracks. Like what? 
Yeah. Um, recently, um, myself and my, my girlfriend, when we were in Madrid, we went to see Sigur Ross. Mm. And that was amazing to see. And uh, Father John Misty, I, I went to see a few years ago. Oh, yeah. He's, mm. he's really he has a kind of cosmic vision of when he's writing. Um, yeah. I like a kind of uh, like looking at things from a distance, um, looking at humankind. Um, from that kind of distance and I really like him as well um I even like the odd time some songs from the charts that are just like even like Bruno Mars songs that are just quality just you know absolutely yeah uptown funk or something that there's always the odd time you get just a great song that comes out of popular music so I think we're going to play another song now and it's called Tumbling Monday tell us a bit about it so that one um when I was living in Rat Mines in Dublin, um, it, as I said to you, just after seeing Bob Dylan the week before, I, I got very inspired and kind of anytime I went to the piano or a guitar, I, I was coming up with songs. For that one, I think um, my brother had been just playing on the piano and um, I, it kind of just gave me an idea and I asked him to move over and, I, and the lyrics and the, and the music just flowed out. For me, it was kind of like a, a lot of those songs felt like their own little world. Um, but Tumbling Monday was like a place. Um, and so when I wrote it, it was about a, a kind of brief um, love affair that kind of happened in my head more than anything. Um, I had been working in, in Irish life and um, at that time, I kind of had a crush on a girl and it was kind of over before it began more or less. So it was like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and um, just one of those brief, um, you know, kind of flushes of, of, of young love or whatever in my early 20s. So um, the, the lyrics just kind of came out. I think it was around um, October time coming into November. So it was, it was the leaves on, were all falling off the trees. It was, um, although those autumnal colors and um, basically falling in love, falling out of bed, you know, falling in all its its forms um, was kind of the inspiration for that one. So, um, yeah, and it was just took it day by day. At, At the moment, I'm having another lyric video made for that one. So that should be ready in a couple of weeks as well. Have a little story with the song. Good, we'll keep an eye out for that. All right, then. So, this is, um, I say again, Porrick O'Connor with Tumbling Monday.
Okay, yeah. well, that's that's another nice thing. I, I love the mix on this one. Um, Thank you. I, I like the balance between the vocals, the piano, and the strings in there too. Um, yeah. The, the, I, Just great musicians I was playing with. Um, yeah. So the, Kester Jones, uh, he produces me in Madrid. We kind of sit down together and we, we, we mix songs and things like that. But he also played the guitar on this song. Um, years ago, I, I wrote it um, when I was back in Ireland in a band with another uh, mutual, uh, another collaborator, Carl Twyford. And at that time, I recorded the, the piano in my room in Rat Minds and then the vocal in his house in an earlier version of the song. But then when we went to record it in Madrid, um, a good friend of mine, Linnea Weiss, um, plays cello on it. Um, yeah. She really liked the song as well. Um, so we, we kind of worked on that together. And the two of us kind of coming up with ideas. And she, she's just a great musician. So mm. anything you, you can come up with, she'll, she'll play it and, and play it beautifully. Um, and then I have another friend of mine, Amber Styles, who has a, a lovely uh, kind of pure voice. So she does the backing vocals in that one. So it, yeah. it's quite uh, limited. There's a little glockenspiel that I play on it as well. Mm. Um, yeah. And so yeah, I noticed there was a lot in that one. And it's, it is very well produced. And as I say, it had a really great balance. Um, I do like the, the cello the strings. And I, I, and of yeah. course, I mean, I think some of Dylan's best stuff was when he was using the strings a fair bit in that middle out, but it's, it's some of it underrated, some particularly yeah. that um, Street Legal album, which is a bit underrated. I yeah, really like I, I have it right here uh, beside yeah. me. I've brought, I've brought I, some vinyls over to, to Chile, and it's a great uh, one, yeah, and Desire as well. Um, of course, yeah. The violinist, he just he i think he'd be i saw the the documentary where he'd, he'd just been at a kind of gypsy music gathering and he just met this violinist in the street and said do you want to come to the studio and play with me and and i think it was a she and she just said she yeah, yeah she's quite well known in fact but, if you there's a there, what's the there's that, a film yeah. isn't there the rolling thunder review she's in there yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah so she's, good she's, yeah. yeah yeah and that was part yeah. of the process yeah her her great, you know, kind of feel for the instrument, you know, inspired those songs as well. So, yeah, that was a great okay. period. Those three albums from Dylan, yeah. Well, I'm going to give you this. This is my one possibly difficult question. Um, I've asked it for a while. Um, did have you had a song that was very difficult to write and, and supplementary? If yes, how did you get over it and do it? Um, definitely there are some songs that um, you're, you're trying to express express an emotion mm. and uh, sometimes that emotion can be quite raw so yeah. sometimes songs can be hard to to kind of to play and then when you play them again sometimes the emotion comes back so you know songs from breakups and or, or songs about people who've passed on yeah. as well and uh, on on that album, the City Lights album, and there's another song, The Nighttime, which I wrote about uh, three uh, young men who who died in the village, and it's still kind of, you know, that was the inspiration for the song, and then uh, the the video kind of 
sometimes video and music together um, can, yeah. can be emotional like that as well. So yeah, uh, those kind of songs. So, so you get a phone call tomorrow and, it's, and you get told you've won, you've won something wonderful. You get to be the support act for any band in the world or person. Who would you, who would you like to be support artist for? Um, very different in style to me, but uh, I love Radiohead uh, for what, what for what they've done. Mm. Um, They're good musicians. Yeah, yeah, but but probably you know it probably would be one of the the greats if if, if I could support someone like Dylan or or McCartney or somebody like that. You know that would be a, a dream. Yeah, um, I, I, I sort of worry about those because I feel like I'd never be quite. As good as them, but if you go and play with radio, they're yeah. not going to play anything like you, are they? That's what I when yeah. I when I've been asked that question, I've always thought, do I want to go on there? Who is it? The person I really want to play with, or is it the person I want to sound okay with? I'm sure I'd go yeah, on there and true. sing one of my best lyrics, and then Dylan would come and blow me away, you know. Yeah, <laughs> but, it's a bit uh, to compete with them, but but yeah, even just to meet them and or yeah, to to kind of share ideas with them backstage or whatever would be would be amazing yeah so if, if someone's starting in the business tomorrow well, not say the business and just someone wants to start songwriting or playing what advice would you give them um i would so obviously it would help if they could play an instrument like guitar or piano um once they 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 have that once they've mastered that i would mm. oh how they feel um, we we were talking earlier about the, those kind of the idea or the prompt for a song. Mm. Sometimes when you when you get an idea, you get like a little sentence or a, a little melody in your head, and often sentences have their own kind of rhythm and melody to them. Yeah, and I would just say just follow the idea and be creative. Um, I don't think there's any rule book really for for writing songs, but number one thing would probably be to love what you're doing yeah and um and yeah. be relentless uh you know it's difficult to get perfection but you you can um you can aim for it mm. yeah it's a different thing I, I write for people sometimes but you know on request and i write for myself writing for myself is easy because i write what i want and i know my emotion and my feelings it's it's tricky when you're writing for someone else and you're not quite yeah. sure what what they're trying to put across by it you know i want a lyric yeah. about xyz and you know i can write them but if you yeah. if you feel it yourself it's much easier isn't it yeah definitely yeah so where to from here you, you're obviously you're talking about so the big thing's going to be pushed for this new album i guess yeah yeah so in the next few months we, we've already got a few tracks finished um for the for the next album and it's kind of um, kind of taking on from the first album that was about a city and this one is a, is another kind of almost like a kind of um, concept album um, I have a song called Main Street on it which kind of appears during the, the album um, which was inspired by Dublin a lot of the songs is a, the, the title song is called Somewhere Between a Bar and the, the Stars which was kind of inspired by a bar in Dublin, mm -hmm. uh, where for me, 
the idea of the album is like um, a little bit like the Tower of Babel. Yeah. But instead of being built on bricks, it's basically people are drinking and, and partying to try and get higher and higher. And then last orders are called and they never quite make it to um, to heaven. And that, that's the, the kind of idea for the album. So we're just working on finishing that at the moment. Um, we have a good few of the tracks down. We're trying to record some brass and some um, strings for a few more songs, but most of them are are more or less ready. Hmm. So uh, I'll be finishing that with Kester in the next few months before I head off to, to Chile in April. Well, when you've got it finished, you let me know and I'll put it back on the next podcast after that, that when it's out about so people, so people can find it and have a listen. Um, Okay, well, we're coming to the last song now. Um, and um, so tell us a little bit about House of Cards. So this one um, was another kind of one in inspired by a, a kind of um, short love affair. And um, it was kind of, uh, it started for me with um, everything kind of turning in the moment. And sometimes songs start like that, that it uh, kind of, a phrase, run along phrase keeps going, a bit like taking a line for a walk. So it was like it was an illusion, a love of confusion, and it, it just kept kind of tumbling along or, or kept kind of um, going along like that. And it, it, it contains as many kind of cards, metaphors as you can fit into <laughs> three or four minutes. Um, so I was kind of had that in mind of, you know, when, when people are, are when you're dating or whatever and it's not it doesn't run smoothly it feels like you know it's kind of a bit like a game sometimes but um mm -hmm. life shouldn't necessarily be a game but there's that all's fair in love and war kind of thing and you, you do what you can so um yeah there's a couple of lines i was quite happy with in it um like how does the chorus go again uh, I loved you baby but it was paper thin you played that game with me and someone must win when life is a game but it's not the same for me as for you so it was kind of it's that kind of thing also looking at the other person's perspective um, you feel like you're together in something but then people take away different perspectives from relationships and experiences it's like it's that. a little bit hard to to explain sometimes to people that aren't really really lyric driven, but when you write a couple of lines like that, the buzz is unbelievable, isn't it? I, yeah. I know I, I'm doing quite a lot of writing at the moment, and I wrote a couple of lines the other day, and I I just went, I just wanted to go and punch the air and run around a bit like scoring the yeah. winning goal in winning goal in the cup final. You know, it, it's so so yeah. good when you get that buzz from a line that's good. You know, it's, yeah, and like sometimes it. you don't even notice it until later. Carl Jung talked about this, um, uh, the creative frenzy when kind of poetry or, or songs are being written. It, sometimes you write as quick as you can and it, it's kind of like an automatic thing. And then later you go back to it and you feel like you, you've kind of captured something, but it, it's almost like you're not, you know, shaping it. Uh, it, it kind of just comes out in the moment. Yeah, it's interesting you talk about that because I do a lot of what they call skirmishing. Um, where somebody gives you a prompt and you get an hour to write a song, and you're right, yeah. that's that young young theory that I, I write as good a songs doing that as I do when I take a long time because you yeah. you throw away your 
your your internal critic you don't have time to think and it's it's almost a stream of things that come out and occasionally yeah. really cool stuff comes out of it but but it's all a yeah. balance isn't it you know people say to me you yeah. write, you write a lot of words but then i also study a lot of words you know i, I read i yeah. read i go in and read every quote that's ever been written and i read all of the old sayings and things like that and you get some wonderful ideas i I was only saying the other day to someone one of my best songs was written from a a turkish poem called um the dogs bark but the caravan moves on which is a beautiful song and i wrote a song called the caravan moves on and i still play it to this day it's you know and they're those little bits of inspiration that are really cool aren't they yeah, and those two songs I mentioned kind of were, were inspired by by that kind mm. of feeling of love, that could, also that kind of crazy feeling that you get very motivated, and um, whether it works out or not, you, you all these you know songs come out in the moment. Um, so yeah, that was a similar one that um, just kind of sometimes that that kind of um, cartwheel kind of effect where words just come spilling out. Mm. Um, led to a couple of songs I quite like of my own. All right, Porik, look, thank you so much for being on today. It's been very interesting talking to you. I'm glad we finally caught up. We have talked about doing this for a few, a few months, but I had a few yeah. issues and I wasn't doing any podcasts, but thank you for hanging around and then coming back as soon as I said. Particularly as you're you feeling better, better now. I'm good, thank you. Yeah, I'm very good. Uh, thank, thank you so much. So, so thanks, thanks very much again. So, yeah, so thanks very much again, Porek. So we're going to play out today to Porek O'Connor's last song that we're going to listen to, and it's called House of Cards. It was an illusion, a love of confusion, words in a place, a time and a face, with all of them fusing, spinning into one, it all came undone. Back when all of the house of cards came down Everything blurred, everything I heard All of the words got slurred As soon as you twirled around with me in that bar I knew I would fall hard I knew that all of the house of cards would come down
Thanks again to Porrick. Um, very interesting guy to talk to. Um, um, and uh, some lovely, lovely songs there. They're all really good songs. As I, you know, I, I put my hand up before. I heard Universe of Sand first up and I thought, oh, I love this song. And gl glad he approached me through Anthony because he was uh, really a pleasure to have him on. Very interesting guy. Okay. So next we have one, and this is an interesting one. This is a a multi-collaboration. Um, it's called, it was a four-way video collab uh, between um, Adnama, Brownium, Gemcar and Ampar. Um, and it's called It's Love. They did an amazing job. Um, and if you're out there, um, Adnama, you still have got to finish a duet that we did together a while ago. So don't forget. Here we go then. It's Love.
It's a really interesting one. Last up, another uh, another couple of people together. Uh, another one of the great stalwarts of um, of uh, form, and that is Zizi Coop, um, and this time with Fearless Flight. And this is a really, really class, really class um, collaboration, uh, and it's called Somebody Else. <laughs>
Well, I can't believe it. We've got to the end again, um, episode 17. Um, thank you all for joining me. Um, the last couple of uh, episodes have been very, very well supported, but keep it going. Um, as I say, the longer you, more you keep listening, the longer I manage to keep going. Um, I've still got quite a few songs left, um, and I've still got a few interviews in the pipeline. So um, here's signing off again. This is Cool Paradiso. You stay safe out there. Bye for now.